Hello and welcome back to another episode of Person of Interest, me, Natalie Jones. It is May, and May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and that's what all of these episodes are about. And this next one is a doozy. It's honestly gut-wrenching for me to um, to publish this. I talk so openly about an eating disorder with my good friend Andy Zafaris, and I have never really come out and said it like this before, but I've been suffering with an eating disorder my entire freaking life, all 35 years of my existence. And not until recently when I started talking about it with a bunch of women I've met um, just in COVID did I find any sort of levity or grace or um, growth and any happiness within it. And now I can say that I'm walking taller and more proud than I've ever been to be myself just through talking about it. Um, I really wanted to talk about this today. I want to give a disclaimer that if you are living with or someone who's, who will, will be listening to this is in the room with an eating disorder, this is inc- incredibly triggering, so you might want to just um, uh, proceed with caution. But listen to this. So about 30 million people are suffering from eating disorder every day in America, 10 million of those being men, and over 70% of those people will never seek any sort of help or guidance because of stigma. Now, that is just insane. And also, anorexia is the third most common chronic illness amongst adolescents after asthma and obesity. Oh, my gosh. That is crazy. And the rate of children under 12 being admitted to the hospital for eating disorders rose 119% in the last decade. One in five anorexia deaths is by suicide. And um, 50 50 to 80% of the risk of anorexia is genetic. Now, we're not talking about only about anorexia here there's also bulimia there's binge eating disorder there's so many other things but as you um but today andy and i are just two women sitting around my kitchen table talking about our personal experience with it andy has gone through her own treatment and is still in recovery i am dealing with it on my own as we go through this i just now started talking about it so i'm just bringing it to the surface i want to let you know that we are not doctors we're not trying to claim like we are telling anybody what to do we are just two women being there for each other talking about our own experience okay here we go me and andy safaris talking about whatever it is that makes us tick every single day if you like the podcast like subscribe tell your friends about it leave a review do all those things and also just keep in mind may is mental health awareness month and talk about it all right you can dm us you can email me nataliewkrq.com all those things without further ado me and andy safaris enjoy Well, so I asked you to come on today because you are open about your struggles with eating disorder. I'm just going to come right out and say it. And I think that's really brave and bold of you. And May is Mental Health Month. So I want to celebrate and add awareness to as much mental health as possible. And I myself have struggled with eating disorder my entire life. And I never talk about it. And I just kind of started talking about it. And... um, and yeah, so I think it's so great. You inspire me so much. And I think it's really, really bold of you. And it was something that I've just kept a secret my whole life. And I think it's really held me back from so many things. And, um, and I just want to know, I want to learn about your experience. Yeah. Um, I'm, I find that talking about it helps me. It's a huge part of my recovery process. And that's um, lucky me. And eating disorder is just like one of my few mental illnesses. <laughs> so um, the more I talk about them, the easier it is to, um, I think, accept different ways um, to get better. Like therapy, I was pushed off for so long. And the more I began to talk about these things in my regular life, the more I was like, okay, I think I'm ready to take the next step. Do therapy, try 
um, different treatments, try different medications. Um, but eating disorders specifically, I think, are just like wildly untalked about yeah. um, and like wildly denied. Um, you know, you see a lot of things on social media and Instagram and all of these different fitness influencers um, are very like strongly denying you that they have any problems and it's just very clear they do and it's just I think it doesn't show that they're a sign of weakness if you're admitting that or it doesn't show that you're any less credible it's just or maybe some people I feel like they don't know as um I just when I started talking about this and bringing it to awareness and as something that I want to change within myself um, my whole perspective changed the way that I absorb all of that information when I used to be in it, mm-hmm. in it, in it, in it, and following all this stuff and like obsessing over it. And um, and now I look at same account, same online beta that I'm digesting and being like, oh, whoa, this is incredibly unhealthy mm-hmm. and it is just enabling. And I, and I think because everybody has the power now to just take a pic on their phone and say whatever they want. Oh, I know. But I think a lot of it is innocently done. People don't know. And maybe don't want to change, you know, I mean, you got to give freedom of speech. People can do whatever they want. So but I think there's a, it can do a lot of damage and a lot of good. Yeah. I, yeah. It, it's such a double edged sword. I think yeah. it's how you're viewing it, but I think how we're being fed information now is really in a toxic way. Cause you're just looking at body after body after body, even when it is, you know, like I'm seeing more representation of like different body sizes, but it's still like these people that you know, they're showing like, I'm happy, I'm healthy. Da, 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 da. Um, and I, th- it's so hard to remind yourself that is just a like, that's one, that's what they cho- choose to share on the internet. Yeah. That is not what their life is day in, day out. Um, and honestly, I feel lucky to have gone through like the worst of my eating disorder issues before Instagram was wildly popularized because i think it would have just absolutely so why don't we let's start at the beginning so start at the beginning you know um you know oprah growing up you know whatever i digested media and always Mm -hmm. wanted to be like i started running before school when i was full in the fourth grade to um to to um to burn calories and i remember like the very first picture of me i remember before i was a baby you know when i was like a toddler i remember just feeling really fat in my bathing suit and not getting not wanting a picture being taken in my bathing suit and i was like three (gasps) and it's like that is like my first memory i just remember like it being i just remember clearest day and i was standing next to my sister and i didn't like my sister she was such a bully and i was like I don't want to stand next to I don't want to take a picture of my bathing suit. Like, I look so fat in this. And I was, like, literally three or four. Like, it was before oh, my fifth birthday. Oh, no. So, um, so, personally, it's, like, been a lifelong struggle. Mm-hmm. And I hear people say it wasn't for them. So, I'm curious, what is yours like? Yeah. Um, I went on my first diet in, like, sixth grade. But it was, like, let me explain what my diet was. I ate fast food so much as a kid. Um, we weren't, like, a unhealthy family. Like, my parents are, like, pretty healthy walk every day eat decently well but like fast food was like a treat and then I just started eating it all the time and so my diet one of my diet meals included a salad from McDonald's like with ranch dressing so like let's call that a diet (laughs) in sixth grade (laughs) in sixth grade that basically is a diet okay Mm -hmm. I wasn't eating french fries um and sixth through eighth grade it was the, the one thing that I think triggered me uh sixth through eighth grade junior high was not really I didn't think about my weight I have a fast metabolism it wasn't something that I had to put a lot of effort into uh one something a girl said to me when I was in like seventh or eighth grade she was like commenting on the fact that I eat like 
just a shit ton of food and was small. And she was, when you get your period, you're going to blow up. And I was like, what? Oh my God. And it freaked me the fuck out. Like I was just like, what do you you mean? What is it? What? What? So freshman year of high school, I think I was still like starting to kind of like battle some of those demons a little bit. Um, And it kind of just like snuck up on me. I wasn't purposely trying not to eat. I wasn't purposely trying to like lose weight. I was just terrified of what was going to happen to me. Cause this girl told me I was going to blow up like a whale. Wow. So like starting around ninth grade, I started, um, it was 10th grade. I started like, I, I lived on lane cuisines. Like that's like all I ate. <laughs> and I would start, um, I'd walk my dog like three times a day for like two, three miles. Um, I was doing volleyball at the time. So I had volleyball practice. Um, and it was really, I mean, at that point it wasn't even an exercise addiction. It was mostly just like I was eating 300 calories per meal. And, but I was like, but I'm eating. It's like all good, all good. Yeah. And then I went to the doctor and they were like, whoa, we got to send you somewhere. And I Mm -hmm. was just like still really confused. So like more on the Anno side. Yeah. 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 Um, so my doctor was like, the, you are way too thin. We've got to like figure this out. And they sent me to, um, worst experience of my entire life. Uh, totally screwed me up for the rest of my eating. Like behavior. Really? sent me to a dietitianist, dietitian or nutritionist dietitian was like, okay, we're going to put you in the hospital and like, we're going to monitor your meals or you can like go home and do it. And my parents like, we'll take care of her at home. Every single meal had to be portioned out, measured, um, I'd eat at very specific times of the day. So it was like breakfast is at eight, snack one is at 10, lunch is at 12, snack two is at two. And everything was so calculated out and so measured. Um, I had to do that for like a month. I wasn't allowed to leave my house. I was on bed rest. Um, how much did you weigh at this time? And like 88 pounds or wow. so. Wow. Okay. This was pretty severe. Like, And they were like, okay, so you're going to gain 20 pounds. And this is in what grade are you in? 10th grade. Wow. And they're like, you're going to gain 20 pounds before and you, were, you can leave. And, and was, you were high functioning? Like you were studying and I was you were going fine. to school and everything? Yeah. I had no idea that like I was in a place of danger. Um, because you were still eating. Yeah. And, my, and like that's, that is a very good argument to make to your brain yeah. and to other people. It's like, I'm eating. I eat every meal. Yeah. Um, but I wasn't eating near enough and I was moving so much um, that my calorie intake today was netting negatively. So can I stop you here? So like mm-hmm. your mentality through all of this, was it, um, what were you thinking? Um, once I got sent to the dietitian instructions, I was scared. I was so scared because at that point I was like, oh, I've worked really hard to not blow up like a whale. Um, and now you're telling me I have to gain all this weight. Gain this weight yeah. plus more back. Um, is that scary? It's terrifying. It was terrifying. I want to ask, like, I've, I've heard some people talk about when they were in the throes of addiction and um, eating disorder, because I feel like those two are, like, borderline kind of similar, like even addiction mm-hmm. to food, you know, whatever. And um, it was triggered by, by uh, a traumatic event or by the way their parents treated them mm-hmm. or something that had happened and they just, like, really hated themselves. Like, did you have thoughts or anything like that that had spurred this? Um, I think I was just scared of being fat. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, it's, I think it's still like an irrational yeah. fear of mine. Like, yeah, same. Um, which like 
it's definitely irrational based on like what my family looks like or my genetics my lifestyle um but it's just something that still sits in the back of my head and gaining weight is still scary for me like I can be as recovered as you know as anyone I don't know not as anyone as as someone would deem healthy um I still don't think I'm at that point yet I definitely still struggle with things but gaining weight is just a scary thing yeah it's just uh it's uncomfortable when your clothes don't fit right and you're just like looking at a different body um so doing that to a 15 year old and I talk about my therapist about this and she gets so upset she's like they offered you no counseling like you had no counseling to this and I was like nope just dumping food in my body so you're in the hospital what you didn't you didn't no I was, did it at home okay. I did it at home and then were you allowed to go to, through your recovery process were you allowed to go to school and were not you for a month okay so how was so that month was the strict food and everything yeah it was awful I was on bed rest couldn't like go for walks couldn't like it was like you literally sit and eat um oh so bad that sounds miserable it was so bad and then going back to school um obviously like my parents I don't know how much they told them but I was so worried that everybody was like clocking everything I was eating to be like is she eating is she eating Mm -hmm. um so that added on like another level and then I was still having to eat all these meals at certain times a day, like I was never even hungry because it's just like they're pumping you with so many calories in a day. And when you're not moving and not like living your normal lifestyle, it just feels it was so much work, so much work. Um, and I mean, for years, it just kind of really screwed up how I saw food and um, appropriate times to eat. Like I was like, I just was so out of tune with my body for I like did not have good hunger cues, didn't have, like, um, good cues to me to stop eating. Like, everything was just kind of screwed up. Um, and still I struggle with it. Like, uh, I think especially things like hunger cues and stuff and such. What do you mean by um, a hunger cue? Well, I get well, I mean, I get what, what you mean by hunger mm-hmm. cue. But, like, my first hunger cue of the day, I ignore for as long as possible. Oh, no, I'm a big breakfast girl. You know? Like, I mm-hmm. can't. So like when, um, so how did you grow from there? So, so you never went to, you uh, were young living in your parents' house and those, cause you ended up going away to college mm-hmm. in those two years after recovery or whatnot. Did you ever talk about it or what happened then? Uh, no. So junior and senior year of high school, I was like, like pretty good. I was, um, did they prescribe you medicine or anything? And no, nothing. It's on my own. Right. And, uh, so I was fine. I like junior and senior year of high school didn't really have too many problems like had disordered eating thoughts but it wasn't something that controlled my life I didn't like relapse into a bad place and then freshman year of college it's kind of the same thing it was like I had a I had something that someone you know that had been beaten into my brain similar to that comment about blowing up when I got my period I knew that people gained freshman 15 and I was so scared yeah. I was so scared of gaining the freshman 15. Um, so I took a radically reverse uh, strategy. And um, I would I had very calculated things that I would eat at each of the dining halls um, and didn't really stray from those. Um, if I didn't work out, I wouldn't go out. Um, which as a freshman, like I missed just so many opportunities to like interact with people I was so overly consumed by food um and exercise 
that I mean it completely jaded I think that, that that's my experience that's something that people don't talk about enough is how much you miss out on life when you are obsessed with this with this eat, like eating disorders and any addiction but really specifically eating disorders like I can think of like I didn't go to Burning Man twice because I like the thought of and I could have gone for free early entrance late late leave or whatever and um because I was like I can't be like people like don't wear clothes that I'm gonna get hot like I can't go I can't do it and like I didn't go in the Grand Canyon because like you have to be in a bathing suit and those are just three of like hundreds of examples that I was like I cannot do this I can't go to that dance like I can't do that like I have to wear a different clothes like I can I can't I can't because I did gain a freshman 15 and I've always been I went from being super skinny to being to overeating and then getting really big and then losing that just because ugh, I don't even know it's a long story but like people don't talk about how much life you miss out on you miss out on so much and it's things that like going out to dinner you have no I, I mean if you're not in this mindset you have no idea what I like absolute shit show that goes on in your brain I feel like you I feel you I like, mean I going got going on dates is really hard for me oh my god yeah I can't like it's oh I always do sad. I always did uh like drink dates I was like we'll get to dinner and like, <laughs> we'll, do like we'll work dip, up yeah. to that <laughs> maybe apps <laughs> um so no I mean I just I freshman year I, w- I would do anything to just redo that experience because it just set the tone for us my rest of my college experience and I didn't meet the right friends and I didn't um I don't know I I didn't experience the way that I I feel like a lot of people did and I really missed out on so much um, when I look back at pictures of myself freshman year, I'm just like, Jesus. How much did you weigh then? Oh, I don't know. I was a f- literally a rail. Like I, oh my God, it was. Hey, little Andy. Terrifying. Just wanted to eat a cheeseburger. It's uh, like a brat doll. I was like skin and bones and like a big ass head. Like, oh my God. And then some of my girlfriends called me out on it, and it was girls that I wasn't that close with, and I was like, okay, like I need to do something, but it just wasn't like. I was still like, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I went home for the summer. My parents were like, no, wh- no, you're doing something about this. Um, so it became more about eating more calories. And um, really luckily I had gotten um, – I was a big runner and I had gotten an injury like on the back of my hip or something. It came out of nowhere. It's probably because my body was like, we can't keep living like this yeah uh and wasn't able to run for like six weeks um and really had to like slow down and focus on myself a little bit uh and that got me back to like a healthier place um and the rest of college was still a little bit of a minefield but it was never to the point where I was in my freshman year um because I'd made some friends I had and how old are you now 27 and that was when you were like 18 19 yeah okay um, and so, I mean, college was still hard because you're constantly surrounded by things that encourage you not to, that just challenge someone with an eating disorder every day. Sorry, I mean, media in general, yeah. you think, but what about in school specifically? Well, I mean, just at a college campus, you're constantly surrounded by lots of drinking. Um, and then, you know, with lots of drinking, you get hangovers. And so you're not able to, like, you know, I can't work out mm-hmm. when I'm super hungover. Um, and then you're constantly surrounded by like pizza at 2 a.m. and just like going out for shitty brunch food and just it's like kind of you know a a tailspin just there's always 
party culture and that's so it's so fun but so not and that's so osu too yeah and the girls that i lived with in my house um the seven girls all of them which like health and like um I don't know, kind of just like living a little bit better was not a priority. And so like mm-hmm. those things were very apparent in my household. Yeah. Um, but also they're college girls. So then it would be like one week, like, oh, I got to diet for this. Or like, I'm going to work out super mm-hmm. hard. And um, and so that was like another triggering thing. Because it's like, no, we like, you guys don't need to diet. Like, let's not talk about that in this household. Yeah. Um, so the whole thing in college was just like a constant, like, just like a little flick my eating disorder like always kind of mm-hmm. like just like poking the bear a little bit yeah. um did you ever talk about it then did you know were you aware of what was yeah. going on uh actually what was really really great is i met one of my best friends still we met sophomore year and she <laughs> first time we met she's like did you have an eating disorder and i was like excuse me <laughs> yeah it's a good friend <laughs> i was like what did you and she's like oh yeah been, be- been bulimic for years and i was yeah, like oh shit we have selena bond over yeah and um so with her she was such a good resource to talk about it but we were both going through shit in college like i said you're constantly being challenged mm-hmm. um and because like you want to look hot in college like that's what that's what you're trying to do it's true i guess so i was more in college of like power eating burritos and <laughs> drinking all I was like I wanted to be one of the guys I was just like one of the guys in that culture I was like raised in that culture and just like been drinking in fraternity life was like what I did and I like wore sweatpants proudly and looking back I'm like Jesus Christ <laughs> like I was such but I was also like happy but yet miserable you know what I mean yeah. like I couldn't it was like happy but yet not you're like wearing a different facade but yep. inside I'm like oh my god oh my god like I didn't wear a bathing suit for a solid decade like I just oh. was like I don't do that I can't do that like I can't like I can't and I like didn't ever look at a picture of myself or oh, wait hold on no nah. that was all until I got a prescription of meds that like depleted the appetite but it was like years of ugh, the love hate roller coaster yeah yeah um so I talked about it a little bit and then um graduated whatever I don't know when I became like so much more open about it yeah um I think I just like don't give a shit like that's not um I don't know that's not a defined thing about me like I um I don't know I guess I, I don't know when I started becoming so open with it I mean I after college I like dealt with some exercise addiction um and how's that now I don't know <laughs> I, I feel you. I think I, we all kind of overexercise. I feel a like it's bit. getting better, but like um, any like medical professional would probably be like, mm, "You're a little bit addicted." Slow it down. But you know what? Though? But there's part of that. So I've been told, especially in the past three years since I've lived mm-hmm. back in Cincinnati, like every doctor, because I've been injured so many times and all this stuff, and every doctor was like, "You, yo, girl, you need to calm it down." I've been hospitalized twice for something else, but they were like. In the hospital, they were like, like for three days the first time, and they were like, "You stop. You need to stop doing everything." And at that that time, I would like run every day and go to hot yoga every single day. Yep. I had to go to hot yoga every day, but then I wouldn't eat and I would just drink because eating was like I can't actually chew, so I'm just gonna 
drink and smoke cigarettes, which is like what I've always done. Anyway, and like the day I get out of the hospital, you best bet the next fucking day I went to two hot yoga classes and I was like, y'all fuck yourself. I'm going to be fine. But it's like the whole, which is the whole culture of like go harder, like you can do it is really triggering. Like to me, I was like, I, that's just part of my workflow. That's just part of my flow. Yep. Is overexercising every day, so fuck off. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just like, oh, this is just me. Like, it's just like a me thing. It's just like one of my quirks, and yeah, I'm like, like no, I'm it's a fucking so problem. Yeah. yeah. Um. So no, I think I still, I still deal with it. Um. But I mean, when I was fresh out of college, I worked at a fitness company. Mm. All of my friends, we all met through doing uh, cycling classes, and so how we bonded was working out. And so I was doing two days every single day, mm. and I'd be so proud of myself. I was like, oh my god, it's five two days this week, and holy shit. shit. Um, one of my really good friends, he was like kind of in the throes of that with me too. And we talk about it now. We're like, God, that was so terrible. That was so <laughs> terrible. Were you always tired? Like, was your body always swollen? Like it had to have been. Like I, I don't even like, I don't know how I did that. Were you super tiny? Did you, was I was dramatic like, weight loss? No, I was like thin. I was for yeah. sure thin. Um, Which you still are now. But like was I, there dramatic, you know, I would think that that much... I mean, it was way thinner than I was now. I was probably like 90s pounds. Um, Jesus. Yeah. But also, I mean, I was a pretty good athlete. Like, I did a good job in my marathon. <laughs> I always say that. My boyfriend's like, no, 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 no. We're not going back to that. And I was like, I I was I was pretty good at that marathon. Though. I what? bounced right back. <laughs> what was your marathon time? Uh, like 3.20 something. I was very close to Boston time if I didn't have to pee a mm. lot during it could have made it Damn. I didn't really care except for afterwards when my mom was like you were like four minutes away I was like what <laughs> what <laughs> nobody told me that I was pacing that way <laughs> I picked it up uh but it's I mean it's really best that I didn't have to do that whole the deal again so like now as you go through it and I would love to have you back by the way yeah to continue to talk about this um, I can tell you about my other uh, mental illnesses oh which ones <laughs> you got which ones you got um depression and anxiety same um a little bit of problem with alcohol um same. so it's I don't know like uh yeah it's just always an up and I keep thinking that I'm gonna find some sort of balance in it and I really just don't same I have like a good week and I'm like I'm cured yeah no it's something, that, but but also though I do think, um, um, yeah. But so now, as you go through your days eating now, like what is it like for you now? So, uh, past two years having Michael, my boyfriend in my life, has been a huge help. Um, and like I hate to say that, like you need someone else to help you change, but I did. Like that was just like my, what I needed. Like I it's, couldn't do it by myself. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, he is so outside of like having an eating disorder like i mean just it's he can't even process what it would be like god and, like oh it's oh, the envy like could just eat like a bagel a pizza and then like a large fry for breakfast and be like okay you get on for your, almost a day and that would absolutely wreck me and my mind would not stop thinking about it no oh, i couldn't imagine but now we like cook all the time um and my eating habits are – they're just so much more relaxed. Yeah. I'm not thinking about every single thing I put in my body. Like, um, his birthday was this week, and we made, like, pizzas on Monday. And I was like, oh, my God, two years ago having a pizza on a Monday? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so it's just – it's in a wildly different place. I mean, I'm still – I still deal with, um, you know, some exercise addiction stuff. 
Um, and I don't know. I, I haven't talked to a lot of people who have said that they're fully healed. I don't know if that exists. Ever goes away. I just think your brain is always going to have some level of like I think it's, yeah, the more consideration self, yeah, of I, food. I think the more self-love you get and the more growth. For me, an exercise addiction, it was so bad a year ago today. But – like this past year I've um I've accomplished I've made myself so proud. And I always said that that's my daily slogan, but like it takes a while. Like you just keep going on it and now um I feel like it, it just like something will flip. You know, if you're really working at it, like yeah. one day all of a sudden I look at like I used to love my favorite part of the day was overscheduling workout classes for the whole week. I'd be like, oh my God. <laughs> and I would just like revel in the fantasy of doing 12 classes in a week. Like, oh my God, it's so great. Now I'm like, dear fucking Lord, hell no. What are you at 5 a.m. to go do that shit? No. Yes. No, and no, isn't no, no, it just no. so weird? Like, when I used to read people's recovery stories, I'm like, no, but how did you get there? You're not telling me that. You're just acting like a light switch flip. Yeah. It's exactly what happens, though. You just don't, like, I have no well, pivotal moment. For right? Me. But, like, a light switch happens if you put in the work. Like, yeah. light switches, well, I stopped drinking for two months this year mm-hmm. and did intense trauma therapy over shit that, and it was, like, light bulbs just started slipping. It was, like, finally my body was, like, we've been ready for this for so long. <laughs> finally. You know? And now it's, like... Whatever. Hold on. But at the same time, I've definitely like my body has changed. I've gained some weight, mm-hmm. and that anxiety is so much I can't. It's like it's like hard to like go to work and even like go outside sometimes. So maybe I'm not healed. <laughs> Fuck. Damn. So I was on my therapy calls. I was like, I have nothing to talk about. I cried the entire time. I was like, okay. My therapist like eyes just like kept widening. Like, you what? What? And I was like. We probably should have gotten to that two years ago, right? (laughs) There's always more change. There's always more that you can change about yourself in a positive way. So when you you said before, um, people are like light bulbs, like flipping or whatnot. Mm -hmm. So like, have you had some of those experiences that you can remember? No, I I truly don't think there's been one that I've just been really lucky to. I think I'm more like um, retrospective where I look back on like a year ago or six months ago and I'm like, holy shit. I was like, when did, when did I become this much better? When did, like, where did that progress come from? Like I, I haven't, there's not one moment that I can pinpoint where I'm like, okay, I'm deciding to change right now. Yeah. Um, it's just happened really slowly and I think it's just from efforts of adding things in slowly or taking things out slowly. Um, and I, I truly don't know if it's been intentional. I think it's just something that's like kind of slipped through the cracks and I've allowed it to stay. Good for you. Well, that's got to be a reflection of like all the mental health work that you're putting into. Yeah. I feel like that is like it all starts in the <laughs> brain. And people say so easily like, you know, it's just how much you love yourself. And you're like, oh, my God, that is like such a heavy complicated thing as to if, just say it's so easy as if it was that easy as if i just wake up this morning like i'm gonna love myself today yeah. it is not that easy like do you think it holds you back like i still feel like it holds me back now in that um like i could be so much better at my job and be such a better like having an on online um presence and that's kind of like a big deal with my job mm-hmm. it's like pretty much 85 <laughs> percent of my job <laughs> That's it. And I am um, in within my building now. And I, I don't, my work won't want to hear this, but whatever. You guys just don't listen. Um, I'm like the worst one. I am lacking. It's like every year they're like, your social media game, girl, you got to get it up, you know? And 
Posting is so hard for me because I have to look at pictures of myself. I'll take a photo and I recently, like this one that I took that I was supposed to take for a client. I was technically getting paid to take this fucking photo and just put it on Facebook and I started crying tears. And this was just like two months ago. And I was like, I, uh, I don't know what to do about this. So I had to take other photos and it was... Like, it just feels, but that being said, as much as I'm describing, it's a lot, it's just, this is like way different for me to actually t- be able to talk about this. Before I would just keep this inside and then just like smoke cigarettes and like not eat for two days or something, right? But I quit smoking and I have stayed on that journey. So, so now that, you have to talk about it. It sucks. And you're just like, oh my God. <laughs> and then I quit drinking and it was like, oh my God. But like things like that, I feel like um, maybe like like aren't talked about like it just it controls it controls so much so like now I'm um personally like like it's literally affecting like my whole life and like my fucking career and like yeah the my future oh my god yeah no I I've lately I went off antidepressants uh good for you I say good for you because everyone has their own journey with getting back on them are you okay (laughs) I think about that I don't know everyone has their own journey with them I've um um, they're not good for me. I've all that those days yeah, for me were not good, so it's behind me. But I know a lot of people have great success. With I it. went on them, and then I was in such a bad place. I was like, keep up in this dosage, and I was on such a high dosage, I was completely numb. And then I thought I was doing great, and so I went off them, like right at the beginning of the pandemic. I was like, I can do this. It was fine. I actually was great. Like through the beginning of the pandemic, my therapist is like, why are you doing so well? I was like, I don't know. I love this shit, <laughs> <laughs> and. Lately, I think I just, uh, as the world's opening back up, I'm excited, but I'm super anxious. I am super nervous. The idea of having to put so much energy into doing things mm-hmm. is, like, terrifying. And I'm just so tired thinking about it. Um, Maybe energy into what? Into just, like, maintaining relationships again. It's yeah. like, okay, now we're back to it. We're doing happy hours. We're doing, like, meetups. We're doing coffee. And I love seeing people, but holy shit, I'm so tired. And I'm at the point now where, like, even get like yesterday, I worked from bed because I was like, I can't do anything. And I was like, Oh, this seems like we might be having a depressive episode. <laughs> so I think that it's time to get back on them, which we'll see how it goes. Okay. But that's say- like the whole self love thing. It's holding me back from being because I'm so, and I'm like, my boyfriend's like, I think you're doing great. And I'm like, That's cool. I hate who I am inside right now. Yeah. I was like, I don't feel anything like myself. And so it's holding me back from being a better employee, a better friend, a better daughter, a better, like, just all these things that I want to, that I pride myself on doing well. Um, And so, you know, for some people it's going to be, I don't know, talking about it more. Mm -hmm. And for me, though, I feel like I don't ever shut up about it. So I'm like... Maybe some medication is now the next step. Yeah. <laughs> I never shut up about it either. So you can, oh, you're always welcome here. And you can always come here and run your mouth. And I will try my best not to overrun my mouth, but and try to listen because I feel you. But I feel like if people don't understand or aren't going through it, then it's hard to really, ha- to really hold space for people who are yeah. going through it. And, and like, I'll hear other people react to things of I, I can see people struggling in trauma from a freaking mile away oh yeah i can see it in people's eyes and i'm like oh yes i got uh, you that's why i'm with the eating disorders i'm like mm, 
Yep. I think we need to have a little one on one. Right? <laughs> <laughs> but when I hear people um, talk shit or just like talk about how somebody acted some way or did something or whatnot that was honestly maybe shitty. Yeah. And and I and I will know like that person did so did not mean to do that. Like I understand them so much, but also like it was a shitty human thing to do. And that's where I feel like I kind of live in that space too. <laughs> like, uh, this is all like I don't know. It's so hard. I don't really know exactly where I was going with that. No, but, I but the, I get uh, it. But but that is has for me so heavily related to getting coffee with people and then going out to drinks with people and going out to dinners but at the same time being like, how come no one invites me? I mean, like, it's because I can't handle it because my cats. <laughs> it's me. That's my constant struggle. Like, wow, got left out of this. And someone invites me. I'm like, fuck. I'm like, I don't want to go to that. Um, so so much anxiety about it. I oh, can totally understand why people wouldn't want to invite me. They're like, mm-hmm. we don't really want to hear you complain about how you don't want to come. <laughs> yeah, okay, that makes perfect sense. Andy, thank you so much for being so open and honest. Um, I must say, when I met her through the group of women that I became friends with over the past year, it was really Andy. When people said that she talks so openly about it, it was really through her that I found the strength to um, to talk openly about it as well. So thank you so much, girl. You've like helped me out so much. And to everyone who ever invited me to Burning Man and I couldn't go, now you know why. So I was weird about it. I probably lied. I remember once I made up that I was like getting... Um, surgery, um, like vaginal surgery, so I didn't have to go on a boat trip once. That was a long, that was in Telluride as well. Anyway, a long time ago, and for the people who invited me to go on Grand Canyon, now you know, sorry about that as well. Maybe one day. Um, again, thank you so much, Andy. And if anyone who's listening to this is going through the same thing or knows somebody who is, please, please seek help. Please do not be afraid to talk about it anymore. You can at least talk to me, you know? I'll make jokes to you about it and get you through it every day, or we can lean on each other. I just want you to know that you're not alone, and it doesn't have to be a secret that you're ashamed of anymore. There's so much stigma surrounded around this, and while it's super unfortunate, I get it, and let's try to break that, okay? You can also log on to eatingrecoverycenter.com for more needed um, help, and also call 1-866-438-8902. Again, thank you so much for listening. You can email me, natalie at wkrq.com. And uh, like the podcast, subscribe, tell your friends. If you know anyone you think would benefit from this, please share this with them. Y'all, you ain't alone, okay? Whatever you do today, make yourself proud, love and light, all those things. And uh, I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.